throughout my life, I've always known I wanted to do music. I've always known that I wanted to be in front of thousands and millions of people. And I've always known all those things, but when it really comes down to it, it's not what you do, but it's who you are. Welcome to the No More Zero Days podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you move out of living zero days, where you get absolutely nothing done towards accomplishing your goal for your life through listening to those that are living out their dreams and how they've overcome their own obstacles. I'm your host, Eric Savage, and on today's episode, we have Kirsten Collins. Kirsten was born and raised in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. From a young age, her parents realized early on that there was something special about her, as she sang her first solo on stage at the age of five and loved it. Since then, her passion for music has only grown, as well as her platform to inspire others with her music through her social media presence. I'm so excited for you guys to hear today's episode, as Kirsten is truly one of my favorite people that I am lucky enough to call one of my friends due to her dedication to being authentic, vulnerable, and inspiring others in everything that she does. After today's episode, be sure to check her music out on any of your favorite music platforms. So without wasting any more time, let's get into today's episode. So I am super pumped that we are finally getting able to do this. We are sitting in Los Angeles, California right now, and I can truthfully say I now understand why absolutely everybody and their mom is moving to LA because the weather is perfect. There's so much cool scenery and there's just so much happening. So super excited we're to do this. So I want to just go ahead and jump straight into this. No fluff, no... Uh, brown nosing or saying all the silly little things that most people do because I'm truly focused on getting straight to you know your heart and understanding you know what helps make you tick and I'm super excited about this so let's just go straight to the heart of Kirsten Collins tell me what motivates you every day to get out of bed what motivates me to get up every day is knowing that I'm part of a bigger purpose that it's not just about me I think that the simple things of just knowing, hey, like I'm alive today and even though I may be feeling weird, that something may happen that could surprise me that would make me feel the purpose again. So as a follow up to that, let's go even deeper, which I know is a little bit crazy, but I'm starting off pretty, pretty uh, heavy to get this episode started because I know that your answers are so well thought out and you are thinking about these things as you approach every day. So What do you feel like is your purpose right now in life? Oh, man. I feel like my purpose right now is to learn rest and community, to understand the intimacy of relationships and building things with the people around you. I I feel like one thing that I've always loved to do is bring the gold out of each person that I encounter with laughter or crying or just being there. And it's been such a learning experience of just knowing not only to do that, but to really put myself in that position of vulnerability as well with them. So I love that if you follow your content for any amount of time, you'll often see that You're equal part serious and equal part absolute goofball, which is like why I love following you and love keeping up with what you're doing. But why do you think it's so important to not take life too seriously? I think it's important not to take life too seriously because it's too serious. (laughs) And that is that. (laughs) So that's probably the most straightforward answer I've gotten on this podcast so far. But in all seriousness, like... What do you think are the benefits of not taking life or things rather too seriously? Benefits of not taking life too seriously is that you're willing to learn 
I think that when I wake up every morning and I try not to control everything around me, that I'm actually able to hear and see things that I never would have seen just because of the perspective that I've already built. So I want to take a step back. I know we've jumped really heavy uh, into the deep stuff from the start, but kind of paint me the thousand foot view of your life right now. Like, what's the 411 life update on Kirsten Cullen's life right now? What's going well? What's challenging you? What is keeping Kirsten, like, uncertain about things? Just, like, what's that thousand-foot view? Because I'm always interested in how people answer this question. Um, what is Kirsten's life like? <laughs> you know, honestly, it's been a lot of um, fighting depression and like doubts and worry and fear I think fear is something that I hold so dear to me interestingly enough it's like we always see fear as like this thing that we should just you know face and and leave there but honestly it should have no right to us in any way shape or form um so I'm I'm dealing with with that as well as just understanding that I don't have to know it all you know, I get to be free enough to just live life and also having fun on top of that, learning to live on my own as an adult and, um, you know, how to navigate my my life and not take myself too seriously and also just release things that I love. You know, my music and different epic stuff. I want to talk about something that I feel like we're all facing every single day, and that's fear. Maybe it's fear of asking someone out fear of starting a business, fear of taking the next step into the unknown, or for musicians like you, it's fear of putting out, you know, maybe a new album, an EP, or even just a single. How do you personally handle fear and anxiety? And what advice or kind of just things can you give to us around this idea of handling fear? I think I handle fear with God, honestly, because it can't be my own power. For myself, it's it's hard enough to wake up in the morning if I'm always focused on everything that's coming at me at once. And so for me, I, when I sit and I know that there's a father in heaven who really loves me and who's there with me and walking with me through it, for me, that's the most beautiful thing I could have. And every day, if I wake up and say, okay, no matter what happens today, I know I'm not alone. Then if I have to move or end up with nothing or end up a millionaire all in one day, and it just goes in a cycle that I know that I'm still okay. And I think that the unknown is sometimes always scary, but it's the best. So I like that excitement. So I know for a fact an important part of your life is being connected and close to your family, which is something I love. I love my family, and I think a lot of people listening to this hopefully love their family as well. But I know that you recently decided to make the big move, and you moved to L.A. full-time while the rest of your family is still in Canada. Tell me about that decision like, what was that like, and what's been the hardest part for you about living in L.A. while everyone else is still in Canada? Being away from my family is painful. <laughs> it sucks, but at the same time, it's allowing me to hear myself and my own thoughts and my emotions. I think that so often we get very attached to things, and if we don't understand the unhealthy, um, you know, attachments or different needs that we have, there's good needs and attachments, but you know, just allowing that break off a little bit to say, you know what, I want to be around you rather than I need to have this consistently. Um, it's been tough, but it's honestly been so good for me to just because then there's room for others to come and teach me more. And I think the older I grow, the more that I have each of these steps that new people will teach me new things and I can be open to more. So let's talk about a fun topic, a little something we all know is social media. And I know this is an extremely broad 
So take it where you want to as far as being either super specific or super broad. But talk to me about how you approach social media. You're one of the most real people I follow on social media that has a lot of clout in the sense that you're super truthful and vulnerable with your life on social media. When you're having a bad day, you let people know. When you're having a good day, you let people know. Like, how do you approach social media for you? Wow. Um, so at first, with social media, getting into it, it was quite an interesting thing for me because I wasn't allowed, and my brother was allowed, and he came about this amazing presence and he was just so amazing with words and I didn't understand it I had no idea what it was about and one day I posted a picture and I got three messages and one was I, I stopped cutting myself another was I want to live life and another was I fixed my relationship with my mom and from that instance I knew that social media was a tool just like a microphone where I could either speak life or death and so I'm able to use every day where it's fun I try not to take it too seriously because it is overwhelming and sometimes you have to step back and like life you have to be vulnerable in things so I should not change whether I'm on camera off camera my character has to stay the same regardless because I want to be in tune with knowing that I'm being trustworthy to people who are giving their time to me you know and vice versa so if someone's supporting what I'm doing it is an honor so I want to make sure that I'm completely you know just real and raw with it and sometimes it's really painful because it's not always going into the trends of things where it's easy to like build and build and build but I, I think I feel more value in knowing that one person's life was either encouraged that day or someone who I don't even know from far away encouraged me that day. At the time of this episode recording I don't know how often you plan changing your Instagram bio but today your Instagram bio says music is my weapon. What does that mean to you? And where'd you come up with that? Or just the meaning behind that? Because I think it's really interesting. Oh, man, going in the deep ends. I'm just kidding. Um, so my bio says music is my weapon. First off, because it's on a T-shirt that I bought. <laughs> and um, from, a, from Bethel. And honestly, though, sound has so much power. And understanding the different frequencies of life, like when you speak something, it can be in existence. And so for music, it's I can use it as a weapon and a tool to, um, you know, defend, defeat, conquer, love, anything that I want to. Sound has the ability to um, empower to put that out there. So just learning that whole thing. So I work a ton with musicians, artists, DJs, as you know, and bands and always shooting content, helping them with marketing strategy, those kinds of things. And this is one of my favorite questions to ask people in the music space. What do you think people falsely assume about you as a musician slash artist? I think people might look at you from afar and say, oh, wow, like she's super beautiful or she's really funny or she has an amazing voice. Like surely she can't do anything wrong. Like anything she's going to put out is going to do great. But Talk to me about some of those assumptions you think people falsely make about you and what it's actually like being an artist. What's it like actually being Kirsten Collins, the musician or the artist? Oh, man, being an artist is a challenge in general. <laughs> I, I, I think that being an artist, regardless of if you have everything or nothing, is a challenge because you're continually fighting a battle within your mind of what to do based upon what people's reactions are and what you want to give. And so... For me personally, it's been hard with like always having the right finances or support in other ways or knowing, you know, fight. I love to break a mold rather than build one that's already there. And so just not taking if this person gets 
famous before me that I'm 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 not terrible or like you know being rejected and there's so many things I I swear like my family sometimes we would go across the country with like twenty dollars in our pockets and have so much faith of like hey God what's next you know and then you would meet somebody and it was just like I feel like the music industry and artistic world is and the world in general is about relationship and when you break it all down from that it's there's so much that you could do for what we want but none of it really leads to what we want in the end of it so just really my biggest struggle is remembering that that I don't have to sell everything out so two questions I want to ask because I'm interested in how you approach your life first are you thinking of your life in terms of maybe like one three five year terms or are you truly just kind of taking life in the moment to moment play it as it lies as it comes to you what happens Second, what role do you think learning from our mistakes and looking back at our paths can play for us? Okay, so two very big questions, I guess. (laughs) Um, So I personally feel I am a moment person. Not on purpose because I love to plan and control things in my life, which I'm learning not to, but because I love the surprise. So I think that tomorrow I could be, you know on top of the world and the next day could be stripped from me. So I've, oh, I've had both of those sides that I don't really, I try not to expect everything all at once, but I expect the impossible, if that makes sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, the other question was. So the second question, it was the role of kind of your past playing and guiding your future. And I probably need to explain it a little bit better because it's probably a little bit confusing. I need to unpack kind of my thinking behind it because I'm sure it sounds like I said, kind of confusing. So For me, I believe our past lives, whether it's days, weeks, months, years ago, play such a critical role for us because we're able to look back and see all of our dreams and things we thought we wanted or needed at the time, yet we can see, you know, God's hand on our life and that he ultimately had something better planned for us. I think it's such a beautiful reminder to just continue to surrender to God's plan for our life and to ultimately trust that he has something amazing for all of us, but Also, on the flip side, I think that, however, there's this huge asterisk attached to when we kind of say the word pasts or our pasts or, you know, looking back at things in our life. And that's that we get so caught up in that we can't really start to become more like Uncle Rico, uh, you know, from Napoleon Dynamite. And we believe that our best days are behind us and, you know, we'll never be able to be as good as we were. And whether it was a blown job opportunity, a past relationship that didn't work out or anything else that we wish we could go back and relive, we kind of let the past suffocate our future by keeping us stuck, you know, in park because we can't get over our past and we're not really progressing or we're not really moving anywhere. We're just kind of existing because just the thought of our past is just overpowering and we can't get past that. Or, you know, maybe for some of us, it's like a big mistake that we, you know, we regret and we wish we could super go back and change it. And we tell ourselves that, you know, nobody could ever forgive us. Like our friends wouldn't be our friends if they knew what we did in the past. Or, you know, this person would break up with us if we knew or if she or he knew like really what our past was and they wouldn't want to be around us anymore, which is such a lie that I've learned. And, you know, I- I've even believed at some point in my life, but that's neither here or there. But uh, this episode's about you. So how do you approach this idea of learning from your past? Dang. OK, well, I learned something interesting the other day about the past and um, we always see our lives as whatever's happening right now is what matters, right? Um, or we, 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 we separate everything. We separate the past, present and future, whereas we should see it as one. 
because when we're living our life, God created us as a whole. And so whatever has been and is to come has already been done. And so the present is acknowledging the fact that each moment in separation is not the same as it as a whole because God is taking you through a journey that you wouldn't even expect. And so a lot of people, including myself, we get lost in the victimization of saying, okay, the past has done this to me and this to me and this to me, so I am now going to do these things, right? We, we, we train ourselves, I guess you could say. And then we look at the future as like this dreamland where it's like, let's put all of our dreams in there. Where the funny thing is, is those, those all have been something in our lives our entire life. And so things that I'm thinking now, I was thinking before I was born because they were already programmed to be a part of my life. And so for me I'm just learning to enjoy the whole of it so I don't know if that answers the question in a good way but um yeah I don't know I I have I think that you learn a lot from the past if you're gonna go into separation of it um and is a lot to be had in the future but the present is understanding that it all comes together so three final questions First, I want to ask you about romantic relationships. It's something we all can relate to. It's everyone's favorite topic, dating 101. <laughs> we all have to go through it. Unfortunately, I hate first dates, but <laughs> I, I feel like there's an aspect that isn't talked about a lot as it relates to relationships, and that's that relationships can massively affect how you think about yourself, your world, and whether it's an optimistic or a, a negative kind of approach to your life and an outlook to your life. You know, whether that's in business, in relationships, um, even, you know, how you're feeling about your faith right now. So I believe like the most important decision you will make in your life is do you believe in Jesus? But the second kind of most important question that's really going to shape you is who are you going to marry? And I think that those two things greatly shape our entire life in really unimaginable ways that we truly don't even grasp kind of the weight of that and how it really can sway us. So talk to me about your experience with dating relationships. Maybe it's something you've learned or just how do they impact you as a woman or, you know, advice or just, you know, relationships as a whole. I'm, I'm really interested. Well, I think relationships affect you very deeply and who you choose does matter because it's what you see in yourself. And a lot of time as women, I don't know about most women, but for me, I would always choose people that I like I would always think like I could always fix everybody you know what I mean but it's not true it's not my job to do that it's actually unhealthy to do that it's not even the right thing to do because I am not a mother (laughs) um but it's interesting I've only had two main relationships in my life both were very long term and my current one has been such a beautiful learning curve for me um not only because this man actually takes the time to learn and be persistent he he I think that with that let me see if I can figure this out in a good manner um no relationship is supposed to be easy at all I don't think that that's a main two thing especially everyone's always scared of marriage but covenant and commitment only says that I'm going to be more willing to be vulnerable and exposed in front of you and we either have to choose to work on this together or not at all because you become one and so I think that we misconcept relationships as to be perfect as this magical thing Um, so when we're choosing our partner I think it's very important that we look at the strengths and the weaknesses what are things straight up front that you are willing to 
learn and and sacrifice and what are things that you won't and then allowing a man to actually pursue you because men need to pursue otherwise it it's not you don't know if they fully even are engaged in the long process and honestly as a woman the first couple years are going to be better than the rest of them most of the time because once they have you it's not that they don't love you as much anymore it's just there's no engaging and relearning about things and so being in this relationship has really taught me a lot about myself and willing to learn that I am not perfect (laughs) and that I have things to work on and having a partner that actually supports and validates those things and helps you work through it is what you need because you want a partner that that's not dragging you down or leaving you be but who's walking there with you so I feel like we could go into very in-depth of relationships, but they do affect the way that you act and the way that you write and the way that you do your job and the way that you look and the way that you do everything. So when you're choosing your partner or accepting it, I think the best thing to do is like, where do you see yourself in five years with this person? Like, do you feel that this person is willing to actually move forward with you or are they going to stay in the exact same place that they did when they met you? Second to last question If you could go back exactly one year ago, so exactly 365 days from today, what would you tell yourself? That is a great question. Save thy money. (laughs) Honestly, though, um, things will come and things will go. And I, I feel like I'm a lot more in tune with and I don't have to earn anything. I mean, I feel like I've always learned to earn love or earn all this stuff and it's just to be restful in knowing that it already exists and I get to claim that and give it to others um I feel like 2018 to 2019 now I've learned so much more to give and receive not just give or not just receive but to give the transaction of love in so many different ways and so um right now my season is of rest and of being in tune to trusting the Lord. It's it's funny. It's either, you know, trust him or lean on my own understanding. And I've leaned on my own understanding a really long time. And I have no more to give. So, <laughs> unless I feed off of the truth, that is what it is. So, last question. It's a pretty big one. How do you feel like we can find our purpose? What ultimately does purpose mean to you? And I know that we sort of started this podcast off on a similar question Uh, if not exactly the same question, I can't really remember, but I know we've also been chatting about this all day as we've kind of been shooting content around LA, but I feel like this is such an important question to talk about and think about because it's something that every single one of us have probably lost sleep over at some point in our lives, if we're being truly honest. And in in my experience, I've definitely failed at answering, you know, this own question for my life a few years ago and really kind of struggled with it. Because I completely looked for my job title, like the amount of money I was making, the kind of car I was driving, what clothes I was wearing, the person I was dating, you know, all that stuff to truly define me and fulfill me. And I always thought that your purpose was attached to your occupation. Like, you know, for example, my purpose in life is to be the CEO of this company, or it's to be a singer, or it's to be a YouTube influencer. But once I started attaining, you know, these different things that I used to aspire to have, and, you know, I thought those were my purpose because I found myself you know, even more empty and unsure of my purpose once I actually started reaching those things. Um, And it really kind of started to deteriorate me on the inside. And it ultimately led me to soul search and figure out why was it that I started achieving all these things, 
that I wanted, and yet I was even more empty. And why was you know that happening to me? And I had an inaccurate picture of kind of the idea of what purpose is. And if we're being honest, like I totally left God out of everything. So I falsely made this stupid deal that we all make in times of trouble and despair if we're being honest with God. And it's kind of this idea is, uh, you know, hey, God, if, if you give me this or heal me from this or get me out of this situation, then I'll do this for you. And we all know that that's not how God operates and that's not God's plan for our life because it's a lot bigger than simply, you know, trading this for that. And so I think for me, true purpose is found in knowing, loving, and communicating with God every single day. True purpose is found in serving others, loving on others, and using our platforms, whether it's like yours, where, you know, it's massive and it's with music, it's with a microphone, or it's like mine where <laughs> it's not massive and it's not me singing because I'm a terrible singer, but it's these kind of personal one-on-one moments that I'm able to have with people to, you know, take a moment and share what God has truly done in my life because I've sought out everything else, you know, on earth, like literally almost everything, and there's nothing that makes me you know, happy permanently other than the fulfillment I get when I'm doing something that I know is making God happy. And I know that that probably sounds cheesy or it sounds cliche, but it's true. So I'm just curious, like your take on finding purpose and how can we share something for the people that are listening today is the last kind of question for our episode that, you know, maybe they're struggling with the idea of finding purpose. Like, how do you find purpose? Just overall, whatever you want to share around this idea of purpose. Okay. Well, I feel like purpose is always transitioning in our mind, but it stays the same whether we like it or not. So I totally agree that, I mean, throughout my life, I've always known I wanted to do music. I've always known that I wanted to be in front of thousands and millions of people. And I've always known all those things, but when it really comes down to it, it's not what you do, but it's who you are and your identity really is in Christ and when you know that you are in Christ and you are covered by that blood of the Lord then there is nothing else that could ever compare and every day we will get fed all of these lies and all of these stuff and these comparisons and these doubts and things especially when we're fighting more to be in more in depth with the Lord and we just have to say those may be my weaknesses but because the blood of Jesus I no longer have to exist there So my purpose is not what I do. No matter where I'm at, who I'm with, it is just to love and share Jesus with these people. So I don't, I think it's a constant battle, honestly, because every day I could try to say that I've got it down, but no, like I struggle with so much like, oh my goodness, even if I know that my purpose is to just share Jesus's love on the streets, I'll be like, oh no, I don't have enough of this or I don't have enough of this. And I'm just like, wait a second. Like, what am I doing? If I was stripped of everything today, I would still be the same person that God made me before I was even in my mom's womb. (laughs) You know, I I always say this thing is actually Todd White said this the other day and it was really cool. He said, I know it's a little bit graphic, but (laughs) it's like, you know, after after they've had their intimacy or whatever, there's like thousands of millions of all these little things swimming to be into the egg and only one gets there. And that was you. And even before that, God took himself out of somewhere that he knew and he built you and created you in a moment of existence of who he was. And no one else could even touch it. And that just to me was like, wow, Kristen, if I keep reminding myself the truth, then I don't have to focus or dwell on things that mean absolutely nothing, even if they feel tempting, because those things are satisfactory. They are. They're just things that will be, but they're temporary. 
Wow, I don't know about you, but I completely left today's episode absolutely inspired. So many things Kirsten said uh, was just extremely thought-provoking. And I can't say it enough. I'm so proud of the woman that she is and how she uses her gifts and platform of music and acting and you know creating amazing, really neat content online to just start the conversation uh, of life, of what what is the meaning of life. And she shares her struggles. And, you know, that's something that if I could ask any people, you know, with a big platform or any platform, whether you have five followers or 500,000 followers, is just to be more authentic. And I think Kirsten is just the ultimate example of someone who's willing to you know, open herself up and share real life, you know, online to those people. And because I think that for a lot of us, you know, dealing with a lot of different struggles, whether that's relationships, whether that's depression, whether that's about what is the meaning to life, why am I alive, is that, you know, a lot of us hear this this kind of, um, you know, tips or, or, or encouragement rather of just people say, oh, just keep going. And if you're, you know, like anybody that's ever been in that, and I've certainly been in some very dire situations across the board and different things of struggling with like, like, what is the purpose of my life? Like, what do I need to be doing? Why didn't this work out? Um, you know, it's, it's hard to hear this idea of, oh, just keep going in that moment. And that's not what you want to hear, but rather, you know, you want to look up to people that have struggled with something similar. You want to look up someone that's successful and not just know that it was all sunshine and, and, and rainbows, that it was truly hard and it, and it gutted them. And I, I think that I'm just so proud of this platform that she continues to use is called social media to reach people all over the world with the message of truth and authenticity. And that's that regardless of if you're a believer in Jesus or not, we all struggle deeply every single day. And it's a daily battle to learn to live in the present, to learn to learn from your past, and to hope for the future. And, and know that, that hope isn't anything you can do, but rather the hope that God gives you. So thank you so much for listening today. Again, please uh, go listen to Kirsten's music. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Store, anywhere that you listen to music, as well as YouTube. You can find her online. Her Instagram is Kirsten Collins Music. And as always, please reach out to me if you have any questions comments from today's episode or need any encouragement for your personal uh, journey on ending zero days in your life. And you can reach out to me on Instagram at Eric Michael Savage. I hope you have a great rest of your day.